Welcome to another Deep Dive episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm your host as always, Aaron Benoit, and I'm joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello. And experiencing this all for the first time, Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast with homework that is like shorter than an episode of Pacific Blue. (laughs) Shorter than an episode (laughs) of our podcast for sure. Oh, oh yeah, God. but this was the best homework ever. This is like when you're in second grade, and it's like, all right, kids, your homework is to design your own school. You're like, whoa, <laughs> I'm gonna go home and blow some people's minds. Chocolate milk in the cafeteria? What? Dream bigger, Aaron. Chocolate milk in the water fountains. <laughs> that uh, would be. Can I tell oh, you guys? That would be so disgusting after a day. <laughs> <laughs> and eric would drink it all all for eric oh love the chocolate milk man. right from right, a cow right from the chocolate that, cows that that cow chocolate milk uh i have to tell you guys uh i was like i did so much extra work for this which i know i'm the guy who knows nothing so like what extra work could you do eric i watched all of the homework and then I was like, wait a minute. I think I focused on the wrong thing. Because, like, usually when we're doing these deep dives, mm-hmm. um, it's very story heavy. Right. And uh, as I was watching this, I was like, you know, like, I watched it and I was like, okay, story, 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 match, match, match. And then I realized afterwards, I was like, oh, my God, this story is meaningless. And it's just <laughs> about the matches. <laughs> so then I was like, let me go back and actually, you know, because I watched the matches like, I watch them, but sometimes I, I'm on my phone and I get a little like caught up with things. But this time I like rewatched the, all, only the match parts, uh, and yeah, so I, I'm I did extra extra work for this and got to no. see some of the best tag team wrestling of all time. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, I should go back. <laughs> I t- I totally like. There's definitely like a way that I watch SmackDown, and there's a way that I watch a Takeover. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like a very different experience. Like I'm like listening to SmackDown, and I'll like catch a replay of like a really good spot of which there's not that many. Um, but I'll I know when there's like a good match happening, and I'll I'll kind of like pay a little bit more attention. But when there's a Takeover, it's like I have my eyes like glued to the screen for like every flippy twisty turny. Uh, and that's I I totally agree that also that like this homework hit different. Like mm-hmm. as I was watching it, you know, because I was like, my notes are not the same kind of notes I would be making because there's not as much story and 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 promos and stuff to really dig in and, and uh, dissect. And because there's not as much story, we're gonna try a little uh, experiment later on. So hopefully your uh, your WWE Network subscriptions are up to date. So we're gonna try to do a little watch along for the final match. Of what will be known as the Terry Invitational Tournament. Did they do that on purpose? Did they make it like TIT on purpose? A hundred percent. You know that okay. that's Vince Russo just like, ugh. I kept laughing because, oh, I'll, I'll wait till we get there. I'm sorry. I already got excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. Ha! <laughs> Literally save it for the pod while on the pod. Well, <laughs> yeah, save <on> the pod. <laughs> All right, so let's go back a little bit. So uh, SummerSlam 99, we had that fantastic tag team turmoil match that started off with the New Brood and Edge and Christian that had just serious Fight Forever vibes between the two of them. 
Um, Edge and Christian went on to become the number one contenders, beating the Acolytes on Raw. Now, I included this in the uh, the homework, even though it has very little to do with uh, what's going on. But on the September 9th episode of SmackDown, we get a meeting, another meeting of the new brood, the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. But ancillary homework doesn't even seem like a bad thing with this because I have so much fun watching these matches. Yeah, this... I agree. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I would just say, I, I also was into the hijinks in this first one. Huh. I liked uh, Stevie Richards coming out with Edge and Christian. He's still doing his sort of like uh, mimic kind of gimmick. Yeah, uh, he's out like... as, as the newest brood. <laughs> and I, I like, I think it was Michael Cole struggling to describe the kind of pirate shirt without calling it a pirate shirt. So he called it <laughs> yep. a tux type shirt. Which... A tuxedo shirt with a little bit of frilly stuff. I, don't, I was like, what tuxedo has this? Yeah, it makes me be like, has you ever worn a tuxedo, Michael Cole? <laughs> have we talked about how fucking dumb it is to have the new brood? Oh my god, it's so dumb. But though, uh, the other part about this little, that this pre-homework added, just like a shade that's mostly headcanon now, was like the kind of like subtext running through this of like uh, Gangrel being sort of like shoved out. Like the idea of like a vampire cuck to me is very funny. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I want to watch you suck. I want you suck. You do it. I'll just just sit on there. That's what this felt like, right? That is the subtext of that's playing out in this storyline. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Thank you for that, Bobby. We can end this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah. So so Matt and Jeff Hardy are the new not vampires now with Gangrel. Um, this match is fun. Um, yeah. And starting from Stevie Richards holding up the cross to Grant Gangrel, and then Michael Cole says, and you know what that means. Even though for the entire time we've been, don't say vampire, don't say vampire, don't say vampire. <laughs> now apparently they're just throwing all the rules out the window, and everyone's a vampire. Well, I think Vampire the Masquerade uh, started tanking, so they're like, you know what? We don't have to honor any agreement. <laughs> Who, who's playing this bullshit? I will say my least favorite uh, aspect of most of these matches is how the commentary team cannot shut the fuck up about everything else that's going on in the WWE. It's like, blah, blah, British Bulldog at the big boss, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you've got, I don't know, a planking her Karana from the top turnbuckle. I don't even know what to call half of these things, but I love them so much. Yeah. it's so funny too because we've, we've honestly been like going backwards and forwards through these same like four weeks of history over and mm-hmm. over and over again for these deep dives for weeks now. So it is like well worn territory, but it's it just underscores more and more how sort of like uh, tertiary and like what a non factor British Bulldog was. Because <laughs> like <laughs> we are watching everything but British Bulldog right now. It feels like you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, well, we... his his debut <laughs> didn't his debut just uh, happen like a week ago or whatever in uh, in podcast time. Oh right, we found uh, we found an old bill for the rebellion pay per view that we did on um, a recent episode where it said the British Bulldogs debut for some reason. Truly, it's wild. like they forgot how to say return. 
um, what do you call it when a guy shows up after he hasn't been around for a while? Well, actually, what happened as a historian, um, this was his debutante ball. It was his debut of, into society. <laughs> oh, his, it was his coming out ball. Got yeah, it. he was a debutante. He was making his debut here in uh, into, into society. Uh, post-neutered for the first time? <laughs> yeah, ready to find a good a forever home. I heard he was rubbing the butt on the carpet, you know? Yeah. I heard he was a good a boy. Yes, a good boy. A very good boy. Yes, good boy. <laughs> All right, guys. What spots did you like? Oh, there was um, I have – I call it a swanton blan- uh, plancha. It was like – it was uh, real, like, quick and dirty, but I loved it. Uh, Jeff did – Sort of like a, or, or a senton plancha, if you will. Uh, he did a senton over the top rope to the outside onto, yeah. I want to say, Christian or Edge. I can't remember. Yeah, they keep calling it um, a senton at this point, but that will be become known as the swanton bomb. Right. It, and it, as we all know, as we all know, a swanton, a swanton bomb is actually a high angle senton bomb. This okay. is what I looked up on the on the yeah. internet. That was very very good, Eric. <laughs> Thank uh, you. It is crazy to see it used as not a finisher throughout these mm-hmm. matches. Yeah, it really like it, it's so funny. Like I think it shows the over reliance on finishers, sort of now or just in general. I guess that like I'm so mm-hmm. conditioned that when I see that move performed, I'm like, and the one, two, three. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. When it doesn't happen, I'm like, whoa, what? Uh, it really because it happens so early in the matches and things like that that uh, I found that a persistent note. Well, no, uh, the the same note I had on this on this match specifically was these matches don't have finishers mm-hmm. like like what as you were saying, like the finishers that they have later, like the Swanton bomb or whatever are, you know, they're not finishers, but there also isn't a finisher. It's not like, you know, um, it's not like other other ones where it's like, you know, you have the famous or or any of these things. Where it's like you know they 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 tee it up and then it's ready to go. Like they just when they win they just win. It's because like everybody got tired. Yeah, it's because these four guys go until one of them is dead and that's the one who loses. Yeah, um, I there were I thought there were really really good hurricane ranas. Um, my favorite I, I mean, my favorite one in this is Matt's standing springboard moonsault. Did I call that right? Because he's from a standing position, jumps to the top of the ropes and performs a moonsault in a way that would paralyze me forever. Yeah, and it's a top, yes. it's a it's a springboard top rope moonsault because as he okay. gets that leap instead. Because I think when you see people do the lion salt like Jericho did mm-hmm. and things like that, it's always from the middle rope. And right. I believe Matt's jumping up to the top rope and doing it, which he's is jump. Yeah, wild. he's standing in place, not even like a running start, and just leaps up to the top rope. Which, I mean, one thing I think that we never really talk about, the, the, the floor is spongy. Like, it's not just, like, even a hard floor. So the amount of power, the amount of force that you need in order need to generate in order to propel yourself up there is more than I'll ever have. That's for damn sure. As I, I thought sitting... the floor was lava, by the way. <laughs> As I'm sitting with, my, uh, with, with a heating pad on my back right now. Oof. Um... Obviously, I love the the barricade parkour, and every time mm-hmm. they do it, I eat it. I eat it right up. I fucking love mm-hmm. it. It looks like it looks like something that they would have had in a Bond movie 
10 years later. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, like, that's Casino Royale shit in, two th- in 1999. And we're in Die Another Day territory, so. Yeah, exactly. I think he, this is the one where he surfs through a tidal wave, or I don't know. It, bullshit. <laughs> I think I remember something with like uh doesn't he like uh get into like a uh, a country club and and fence with a with like a a a foil off of the wall something really stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you Pierce Brosnan James Bond. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've talked about this but I've never seen any James Bond movies not a single one. Huh. And I, at this not a point single in, one? Nope. And at this point in my life I've kind of like decided that I'm going to keep it that way that I'm just like never I've like determined not to see one. That's okay, Bobby. Because it feels like I Bobby, shouldn't here... watch them. I shouldn't like jump in now. You know what I mean? And so it's like I don't know. I, I've never seen one. Here's and my... I feel like I won't. Hold on, hold on. Here's my pitch. Uh, my pitch for uh, for James Bond movies is uh, you like camp and sexy and... ladies, and you love sexy ladies, as True. we all know. But I mean, like, Denise, you know, I, I know like... Denise Richards plays a scientist in one, and that is a <laughs> real draw for me. Yes, <laughs> that is a real draw for me. But like I think I think uh the the Sean Connery ones are fun to watch. You know, like I you never need to watch all of them. I think it's fun to watch like, you know, the main like the the big uh I don't know, the parts of it. There are part like somehow my brain always knows when to shut off when it gets to be a little slow, but then there's all there's always like good segments. And like it's campy, it's fun. I mean, I'm not going to like go you know i'm not gonna read too much into it it's not it's not uh enlightened movie making but like i don't know it's it's like it's fun to watch them you know they love puns they love to be like you know silly about shit i like that as someone i think you might uh, like it too as someone who spent part of quarantine putting together a lego james bond aston martin i will say the fast and the furious movies do it better faster and stronger and more furiously. Yes, and more furiously. It is not a contest. Uh, they can all exist. It's a wide, wide world out there of <laughs> of cars and uh, and camp. Of so cars and camp. These... Coming to where you get podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we we watched James Bond from the beginning. Bobby's never seen it before. <laughs> and Aaron makes Lego pieces out of every episode. <laughs> And Aaron collects Legos. <laughs> I do. I'm staring down that 1980, uh, 1989 Batmobile set. It's right across the room from me right now. And there's just going to be one day where I'm too depressed to talk. And I'm just going to spend the entire day putting it together. Man. I feel like my nephew has that has that set, too. Uh, awesome. You guys should compare notes. Does it have, like, moving pieces like uh, on, like, the, you know, the, the little uh, engines and stuff? Like Does those fan it? blades that move. <gasps> okay, you know what? You're selling me on this too. Maybe I'll just do this and watch James Bond, and that'll be my holidays. Bye. <laughs> that sounds great, man. La 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 la. <laughs> okay, so to get through this first match of many more like this, um, I don't even remember who wins. It doesn't matter. Kane shows up. Oh, um, the the I, I know who wins because I was like I was very confused when the Invitational started. Um, so, uh, Edge and Christian won. Oh, that's right. Uh, because, yeah. Stevie Richards this... held Gangrel. Uh-huh. The Stevie kick to Gangrel at the end. It was a Stevie kick, yeah, as we all know. So this then led to um, Unforgiven, 
where you could check out our takedown of that one. Uh, the New Age Outlaws beat Edge and Christian after the New Brood interfered. The following night on Raw featured a GTV segment. and Oh, did it feature a segment. Painting wow. a picture for you. Rodney is in a towel on the couch. Joey Abs emerges from another room in a towel with Terry. Uh, Pete Gast begins to get excited and strip a sentence I hoped to never utter. It should be mentioned that Terry is also in a towel. The Terry is yes. also in a towel, yes. And, um, I mean, uh, I don't even know where to begin with this. Because, well, well, first, I mean, the... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, first, Terry um, commits the cardinal sin of wanting a thing. <laughs> yeah, which... I'm still not sure what that thing initially was. Do you know? No clue. No. Uh, she's just like, I think... okay, boys, now that I've had sex with two of you, there's something I want. Yeah. Oh, which, again, a weird time to open negotiations. <laughs> but I guess also maybe not. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm not going to seal the deal completely. If you want to go, the, uh, the, if you want the full experience that you paid for or what well, i don't i don't know how to discuss this in terms of make any sense well but... i think she should have done this post rodney pre joey abs because no one yes, cares because nobody pete cares Gass. about pete yes. gas no exactly <laughs> well as because i mean oh, boy oh, i hated that it ended with joey abs talking about oh i'll get to okay sorry i'm getting all ahead of everything okay Terry asked for so, something, and their response is, we can't give you anything because we ejaculated. <laughs> that was literally it. It was like, oh, well, I already ejaculated, so I truly can't do anything for you whatsoever. Uh, which was great. Yes, you Guys, are, how many of us? How many of us have been there? You are, you are used, abused, in yesterday's news, and then the Eskimo brothers give each other a high five. Oh, God. And <clears throat> Terry gets mad and storms out, and Pete Gas complains, why do I always have to be the caboose? Because... Wink, wink. They're running a train on Terry, <laughs> which feels yes. like even for the Attitude Era. I mean, like, whew, this is really the uh, this is kind of in, in the red here. I was surprised, like, how um, not even dancing around it they were. Which the problem isn't, of course. Uh, Terry can be a, a sexually adventurous woman who likes having sex with multiple men at the same time. Who amongst us can't say that? Tr truly. The problem is, of course, the men's attitude towards this. Yeah, and the degradation and sort of like mm -hmm. that you're only good for one thing. And, and, and it just implies like a power balance that is definitely icky. I mean, and also, it could have been Terry who had been like, guys, I'm really having trouble getting this jar of pickles open. Can one of you loosen the lids? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We just came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but also, like, what does this serve to the – I mean, I'm going to put this in scare quotes, the story, because I don't know what story this is, and I don't understand how – I don't even understand how this segment gets us to what follows. So Good I, question. I, I'm only going to say I, – I, this is almost at this point conjecture, but mm -hmm. I do feel like there may be some storylines we're not – we haven't watched in the preceding weeks that involved Val Venus. Uh, not and, Val Venus. And, Goldust? So no, was it no? It was, so what we're coming me? off oh, of? Sorry, yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. What we're coming Terry, off is Terry is the... Whoa, <laughs> what's happening? A lot of crosstalk. Sorry. What we're coming off of is the dissolution of PMS, 
um, after the whole meet Sean Stasiak, uh, Mariana nonsense that happened. And then the, the Mean Street Posse kind of picked up Terry in the, uh, in, in the ensuing time. So this is sort of what I feel like they're telling us, like, Terry now is, like, tired of being, like, used by all these people and sort of, like, tossed to the side. And so she's trying to find, like, um, you know, the next big thing that could sort of, like, uh, do her bidding but also get her the glory. And the next big thing is it's a very good way to put that. <laughs> by the way, so so she uh, <laughs> she's first searching with the Mean Street uh the Mean Street Posse. She's like, are these guys going to be the next big thing? I guess not. Let me go to the the two top tag teams right now. What a weird progression. But not even the two top tag teams. I mean, I think that an important thing is that we were just looking at the Rock and Sock connection, the New Age Outlaws, the Acolytes for a lot of this time these uh, these smaller guys in Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys have been kind of overlooked. And so this is um, a great showcase for the, these two tag teams. Yeah, Which we... is really what they should have called it, the showcase, because mm-hmm. a tournament implies that there would be, I don't know, more than two teams. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I really like this. I mean, like I like this framework as a story. I love mm-hmm. a best of series. I think they've done them a few times really well. Even recently, I can think, I, you know, the Sheamus and Cesaro the one Sheamus is one that Cesaro, I think of. Yep. Um, and was was Keith Lee and, and Dominic Dijakovic on NXT officially a best of series, or was it just they just happened to have a bunch of matches we were just keeping? No, score? that was just a fight forever kind of thing. Got it. Yeah, I couldn't remember. But anyway, I like this because I like anything that has like uh, any kind of framework or a tournament or when uh, NXT did that thing where there was like, we're going to have a million triple threat matches and you're going to fight you in these clusters, A cluster and B cluster. Like, I don't care how complicated it is, but that puts the stakes in. That's like so much mm-hmm. more than what we see every day now, which is just like they're fighting because they want to get noticed or whatever. This was like a very clear framework. And I think the cash prize was like a really nice um, addition to that. Now, the background from what I read allegedly wait, is the... Wait, I'm sorry, wait. I just remembered... Do you guys remember that Common had a TV show where they built furniture called Framework and we only watched one episode of it even though it was made by the makers of Ink Master? I remember this every single day. <laughs> I always want to talk about Framework because Common did the music for it and he raps about furniture making. And he was the it's- everyman. And he was like, and he goes, I'm a judge because I buy furniture. I'd be like, like, I'm common. So you're telling me this is a chair? No, uh, no, it was worse because like the judges were all like, you know, they were kind of like snide assholes in the same vein as uh, Chris and um, what's his face? Oliver. uh, Oliver. Chris and Oliver. So like they were kind of like they'd be very critical and at one point they'd be like they'd go up to somebody's like uh somebody's thing and they'd be like so what do you think this is? They they go to they'd say that to to Common and Common go I think it's a table. And they'd go are you sure? Are you sure that's a table? And he's like I think so. I don't know. Uh, like it was he was so out of his league with it. It was great. Sorry, but back to I uh to to get back to Bobby's point, um no, I 100% agree that I like the framing a lot. I think it's really it's fun framing. I think the idea of like, yeah, I want to have a competition. I want to see who gets the money and 
Uh, and, uh, you know, you guys are going to do a best of five, I think is great. The only thing I thought was kind of silly is like that, you know, I mean, I, they were they were really, I think, um, uh, shackling themselves to the acronym because it was like the Terry oh, yeah. Invitational Tournament. And it's like, who did you you invited two people? It's not even an invitational. Just say like, you know, the sibling series or like whatever the, you know, the the up and comer challenge, whatever you want to call it. But like it just it felt like I was like. Oh, is this like the Masters? No, no, no. This is just this is just like I'm having these two teams. Because she would also say like, and in the third round, I'm like, these are not rounds. These are this is like these are like you know five five sets. I don't know what 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 term in sports you would want to use for it. What you need to know is Eric loves brackets and any tournament <laughs> that doesn't feature brackets or allow him to write things on a big board. He is not a fan of. I've got a big board, and March Madness didn't happen, and I've got to find some use for it, okay? Well, let's go to the uh, September 30th episode of SmackDown, and I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but the SmackDown set is so aesthetically pleasing. I love the oval Titantron. I love the the, uh, concentric ovals that people emerge from on the entrance ramp. Yeah, no, I'm looking just forward me. to. The, um, no, no, I like it because, but I'm sort of like looking forward to the more iconic uh, SmackDown set that's sure. you know in our future, mm-hmm. uh, because that one I have the most like nos- I feel the most nostalgic for. But this is mm-hmm. I I agree, it looks cool, and, and that, that makes sense, right? Because like they had they were premiering it, they had time to actually work on a design. Whereas mm-hmm. with like with Raw, it's like. <laughs> They, you know, like probably when they change the set, they're like, okay, well, we got to get this, whatever it is, we're going with it because we have to air on Monday. And they also have, you know, this is network TV. Mm -hmm. True. They They have more money. They got that Shasta McNasty money. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but before we jump in any any further on this, a little, just like the tiniest bit of background on the whole idea is that uh, allegedly the idea originated with edge and christian to do a best of series in general because they want they thought it'd be a good idea to get some tv time and they were right uh obviously they, the hardys were you know getting some attention and they saw a lot of potential in them uh and these two teams had been tearing it up in the house shows uh leading up to this so all those were the, the like the components to come together and of course like vince russo is the one who kind of like put the terry involved and in the terry invitational tournament and all that kind of stuff uh added over it but the original idea were because these teams were, you know, up and coming, um, and Edge and Christian, you know, knew what they were doing and wanted an opportunity to showcase what they were really what they really could do. I love the fact that they added the hundred thousand dollars on here because let's be honest, has Terry shown any managerial prowess in the uh, what three years that we've known her at this point? She knows how to get an usher to do like her. <laughs> To deliver messages for her, I don't know. Um, I was, I did have the question: What are Terry's services? Because I, I truly do not understand. I mean, think about this. I was thinking about this. Like, I wish they would do this now. You know, and I know we can't do it, obviously, with Zelina Vega, um, at least not mm-hmm. on WWE. But like, I couldn't you see this working? The like, I could see this working really well with her, who does have like at least uh, a track record or a reason or a history of managing. Right. Uh, and it could be yeah. a very, I think that would be a very, I think they could do literally replay this storyline today with Zelina Vega in this role or, or, you know, wherever she may end up. And they probably will at yeah. AEW. I hope so. All right. 
And surprise, surprise, another great match out of it. Yeah, um, so I have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I, I really like... I, was the ending move the stacked up super uh, the stacked up suplex? Yep, uh, Tower stack, of Doom superplex. superplex. Was, Tower of Doom superplexes, but I think they would call it officially today, probably. Got it. And that was there. Was that the finishing move? Because I had a question that was like, "What was that ending move?" And then I, I I remember noting stacked up superplex, but I don't know if that was the finishing move. There yeah, might have been another one. I actually name it. To- yeah, <laughs> I know you're. I can follow your exact train of thought on that. <laughs> Arab's gonna say the exact same thing too. Like they do it here; it is the finish, but in a, a future match, they name it, and you probably went back and added that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might be it. Um, so one thing I noticed: uh, there's a couple. Of, yeah, let's see. Uh, did I have it here? Yeah, one thing I noticed in this one was uh, I think that in terms of like the traditional hot tag. I think Edge does a better job with selling the hot tag than Christian does. Because I think I saw Christian do a hot tag in this match, and it was not as... Just didn't have the same power that Edge brought to it. I don't know if that's something you guys caught on. I mean, I I think history plays this out as well, that like the Edge has something that even among these four incredibly talented future Hall of Famers uh, is he is sort of on a different level in a way. It has a little, has just that little bit extra something special. Yeah. And he's a that, bigger that, imposing dude. Yeah. But I think also he has a charisma in his facial expressions and he has those big wide eyes and that sort of like really angular face. And I just think there's just something about it when he has those moments to really like shine and really like go all out. I, it just kind of pops a little more. I, yeah. I agree, but also, I just feel like um, okay, so we're talking about the Hardy Boys, also. We and we know how weird they're going to go in, in two very, very different directions. So I feel like the same thing with them. Christian, as as talented as he is, and he definitely does get the push that he deserves at, at a later time, just isn't quite there with the other three. I think. See, I don't know about that because I feel like the Hardys at this point mm-hmm. are they're not. They're great in the ring, obviously, but they have their hair mm-hmm. in their faces. They're sort of like this weird, like, uh, they're the kind of person that would sit in the back of the English class. Everyone would be kind of worried about them. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I like, agree. like if someone found a list of names in their notebook, they'd be concerned. Like, that's what the Hardy boys yeah. look like. But the, what you're saying, they have you're saying they have Columbine energy. They, they kind of do. Like, that's, that's a little dark. I don't know if I, I didn't know if I wanted to go that dark, but yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm here, baby. That's the vibe. <laughs> that's the vibe compared to I think Edge Christian haven't even yet stumbled into like the really clicking um, uh, like personality wise and promo style wise, and there's some backstage reasons for that too that we'll see kind of play out when we ever get out of this time loop we've been stuck in for the last <laughs> few months. Listen, we just have to we just have to make the day go perfectly. We have to catch the kid falling from the tree and then when we wake up it it won't be uh uh September 9th again in 1999. Guys, I I hate to break it to you. I've been putting together a master list of our next few deep dives. We're going to be <laughs> circling back a lot. To this period? Yes. Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> because because right now, uh, Stephanie and Tess are planning their wedding. 
Oh my goodness! Oh, man. We're never getting get out of news, the... and it's, it's oh my all god. happening, you guys. Oh my god! I forgot. actually, actually, Aaron's afraid that when Y two K happens, we all die. <laughs> He's just trying to prevent the inevitable. But we have to move on eventually. And on the uh, October fourth episode of Raw, the segment ends with. Terry leading with her belly, blowing kisses to ghosts that only she can see, and wearing her sunglasses at night. I love the Terry line, um, all is fair in love and sports entertainment. That was good. Yes, that's too. good. That's good. That was good. I'd buy that on a t-shirt. That's fucking good. I actually really liked it. I liked the shtick on commentary. I have to say, I know it was, just, you know, the, the, the ring product speaks for itself. But I liked the energy between King and Terry. Terry and Jerry. I agree. I liked I I finally thought, you know what it is? It's like the King was being lecherous, but Terry was in on the joke. And she, like, Mm, kept pace with him in a way that the women don't usually get to because it's just him by himself going off like a horny, gross old man. And she kind of had a way where I think she, like, wielded a little bit more power in like the tete-a-tete here and it just it just gave a little bit more energy it was still stupid don't get me wrong i mm-hmm. wouldn't be like this is great writing and great performing but um i was surprised by um i was a little bit more charmed by the, their interaction than i think i would have been on paper yeah i agree i think she she like you know she held her own in a way that honestly i have not seen a lot of wrestlers of late do uh, when I say of late, I mean in the time warp of 1999. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have not seen, you know, like the last couple wrestlers who were on commentary, I was like, this sucks, this sucks. And like, it's a, it's a ballsy move to put Terry on. I don't know if it's ballsy, but like considering what we watched. It's not ballsy, have, it's vagina-y. Have, yeah, <laughs> it's ovary. Um it, you know, to put to have to have Terry go on and have to be on commentary while these while this kind of match is happening, and you know, for her to be able to hold her own and be interesting, and for you not to be, you know, annoyed that they're talking while this about other things while this really good match is happening, I think that says something. And it's cool to see a lady horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Um, great spots in this one too. Um, I really loved watching Jeff's crossbody where he flies over Edge. Like one of the things that I I grew to notice about Jeff Hardy is he is just as beautiful in his move set when it succeeds as when it fails, and I think that's one of the yes. true testaments to a great performer. Wow. That is so astute. I, I definitely mm. noticed that, but didn't. But I wouldn't have known how to put. I wouldn't have like articulated it like that. Oh, thank yeah. you. There was a. I, I forget if it was this one or later ones. Uh, do you remember there was a spot? Speaking of of what Aaron was talking about, like when he doesn't succeed, there was a spot where like uh, Jeff Hardy, like he did some sort of like uh, springboard plancha off off the top rope. That like where he just like landed and hit the barricade by himself and that was it. I fr- it may have been a later a later that match. That was but... the uh, that was the October fourteenth match. match um, but and, yeah. you know that kind of thing. Just mm-hmm. just li- like what you're saying. Just 
imagine you're sitting in that row and and fucking Jeff Hardy comes at you and just like hits mm-hmm. the the barricade right in front of you. That's really cool. And I think just before that, um, Jeff it does um, a sunset flip out of the ring where he misses that sets up uh, Gangrel to attack Christian to make up for it. So, yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. So yeah. More failures from Jeff, more successes for the product. Um, but yeah, there was. I mean, the they're really they're really um, uh, showcasing the senton bombs. Uh, you know, in this match as well. Like you know, every time they do it, it's super awesome. It's it's like it's just. I mean, there's a reason why it became their signature move. So very cool to see. And all the, I love all the poetry and motion spots, all the sort of like um, jumping yeah. off the backs of each other. Both teams using them, and both teams, like their double team yeah. maneuvers are really interesting. And like, we've seen some of this kind of stuff with the light heavyweights. We saw some of this with sort of Kai and Tai, but it, it didn't feel the same as watching these guys do it. It's just that mm-hmm. style that I think Jericho hasn't had the chance to really wrestle throughout, um, like on WWE, in WWF yet at this point. Um, so I think this is like our uh, the crowd was just uh, gaga for this stuff because it was cra- it, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's funny actually. Um, on the second viewing of all this stuff, I I started to like realize it's it's super interesting to me that you know they both like if you if you were to draw like a Venn diagram of Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. Um, I think the the one intersection is the poetry in motion stuff, and everything else is outside. Because like um, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy are very high flying, and like they they do a lot more you know top rope stuff. They do a lot more bouncy shit. Um, and Edge and Christian, like even when they do some stuff that that involves like you know flip you know a plancha off the or like a, is it a, a what's a forward flip plancha off the top uh over the top rope is that right oh, you call it either a somersault plancha i feel i always forget that's a tope con hero um is also another word for that i believe i always confuse the topes but yeah no. so there it was something like that but but like when when matt and jeff do it they they clear the rope when uh when like edge does it it's like he uses the rope and flips over like he uses the rope like it's a parallel bar and flips over it um which i'm sure is has a different name but i guess what i'm getting at is like they've got more of like edge and christian have more of this like um wrestler brawly like like i mean like like actual wrestling like grappling brawly type of style with some um with some mobility but not quite but not high flying you know what i mean they don't do high flying that would be you know they're canadian wrestlers so they're they're the canadian right. st- the canadian style is chris jericho owen hart you know you, you could see right. that sort of line that connects them all that it, you're right it's a mixture of this sort of like submission based mat wrestling as well as like um so a lot of like agility and speed moves you know owen hart also did like the spinning heel kick that i think edge does like a, a, an approximation of um as well but I, I think there is like similarities because that, that's a regional thing. Same thing with Chris Jericho um, and a lot of and the WCW guys. Yeah, because that's the, that's all that that's the Canadian style. I feel like. Yeah, and uh, it's great to watch these two styles. You know, go at each other. You know, it's it's fun to see 
you know, to see, to see that there's intersections, that there's things that they can both do, but then to see kind of like really where they differ and stuff. So Edge and Christian go up 2 nothing at the end of this match, as we know by Christian holding up two fingers at the end, either signifying that or insulting Terry in England. <laughs> On the October 7th episode of SmackDown, the cameraman can't find Edge and Christian at first. And you know, every single day, but the best part of my day is when we can't find Edge and Christian, and I just think that they just packed up and left. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I love him every time. Um, his, what is the signifier of Je- Matt and Jeff doing the double finger guns to their head? I think it's sort of like that they're like a suicide style of wrestling. Like that's I was okay. thinking yeah. that as I was watching it, but I think Columbine. That is- yeah, it is very like we're crazy. Like we don't value our own lives, which is like why we wrestle so with all these like high risk maneuvers. Yeah, like you know, like how you know there there's that website Suicide Girls. Like they're the Suicide Boys. They you definitely, know? like they, just, they, they for are. sure were. Oh my god, they are. They totally are. And I thought and this, this was the coolest fucking thing when this. Like I was like, this aesthetic mm. is it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the match tonight um, is a Texas Tornado match, which is a stupid name but a cool thing. Yep. And yep. The, they just call them tornado tag matches when they happen now, which they happen very infrequently, but I don't know why, because they're so fucking good. I mean, like, it, it's yeah. just a tag match, but no, ta- where all four men can compete at once. It's just, it sounds like such a great, why don't we do them all the time? I don't understand. I guess it's just yeah. got to be a little bit harder to uh, to book and to plan, but um, yeah, no. We, considering how tag team wrestling has advanced to today, I don't understand why they wouldn't do that. And in lucha in lucha libre style, it's often like done without without tagging. There's off. It's, yes, I believe it's not. It's still one man at a time, but it's not tagging necessarily. I don't exactly quote me on that. I'm sure I'll be corrected about it on social media. But uh, <laughs> I do think there are rules with like like that that apply. But there's all kinds of ways they could configure these, and it would be great to kind of re- refresh it or throw some more variety in what we usually see. Yeah, I man, I, I could tell you at least from when I from when I went and watched it, uh, it was definitely there was no tagging. It was just kind of like it was, you know, they they would have one versus one, but then they would have like other people come in, you know. Was it? And, it was hard to follow exactly what the rules were for that. And they tried that on SmackDown a few times. I want to say throughout, like maybe it was this year or maybe the last couple of years. They did, um, like when Lucha House Party was uh, tagging a lot. They they're like they're playing Lucha Lucha House Party rules, and you're like, what? Uh, and that was basically that you don't have to tag. I mean, we've had the Freebird rule with like multiple people in one tag team. So I guess they do a little experimenting, but I feel like there could be a lot more of it. And it's, Lucha it's House also, Party rules is everybody has to get quiet if the parents come home and try to sneak <laughs> out the back. Um, how much did we love when Christian flips Matt over his head into the ropes? Matt bounces off and delivers a DDT. I don't know how physically he was able to do that. So fucking cool. I, I had that. The bouncing off the ropes from the outside, reversing into DDT. So fucking cool. I think that was my favorite spot of all of these matches. I have, I think. Mm. Yeah, I've, yeah. There was yeah, a, yeah. there was, a, there's a, a similar spot in the in the next match we'll talk oh, about yeah, that, that I had a question too. about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll talk about that. Um, so a couple things. Uh, 
they do the stacked up superplex again. They do the barricade every time. They do the barricade every time. I, I will always watch it. Except um, the camera wasn't even on him when he did it. They I had know. to go to replay. I know. There's too much yeah, going on. It's too good. Right? It, they had the swanton, the swan, uh, the swanton bomb or senton bomb. Um, what else? Uh, okay, but then there was one move. I mean, as I said, as I've been, you know, as we've been saying, these matches are all very, very, very good. But there was one part. Um, it was early on in this in this particular match where, um, I think it was, uh. I think it was maybe the the Hardys, uh, both jumped off the top ropes, and like and like um, it, it may have no, it might have also it might have actually been Edge and Christian, but they did something. Edge and that Christian Michael had Cole a double said, headbutt, in double that. headbutt into yeah. the shoulders, and I was mm-hmm. like, when when Michael Cole like called that, I I wrote it down because I was like, that sounds. Like it is not effective. <laughs> like, oh wow! Did he? Did they? Did they headbutt him in the shoulder? Ouch! Like, no, sorry, man. Yeah, like but that, that's going to affect your head more than it affects their shoulder in but, any reality. But like immediately after that, and, and sandwiched in between, there was what I'm calling the rollback assisted splash, where um, I, oh, I yes. can't even remember which team. It does yes, a does a uh, a backward somersault into his teammates' arms where they lift them up and do, does like a, an assisted frog well, splash. You do you recall that was Edge and Christian? That was Christian performing that move, and it may be familiar to you because it is the same move that Edge and Sable used at WrestleMania. Yes, a few years oh. back. and it was and it was originally an Edge or Christian move in the very first place. It was mm-hmm. Edge who taught yes. that move to say brought the, like introduced that move into the match for Sable to use at WrestleMania. That it's a just a, I believe that'd be called a assisted wheel wheelbarrow assisted splash is what I would think that is called. It was really cool to it, watch uh, uh, Sable lift up Edge in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. It uh, it it made it. It always looks to every time I the two or the two times I've seen it. I guess three with the replay. Uh, that I've seen it. It it looks to me like uh some sort of break dancing. <laughs> like it's like sort of like the worm, not the worm, maybe or you know a little bit like um. No, oh, not the worm. What's the fucking called? Not. But it, it okay. It looks a little bit. It looks a little bit like um, similar to what Otis does. The caterpillar. Yeah, that'd be, yeah which is yeah, the a, caterpillar. The variety of the worm. Yeah, Eric. Eric, there's there's going to be uh, the worm is going to be a thing in the very near future. That's what I was uh, referring to there. Oh. Oh no! Is uh is uh what's his face? Uh, Midian gonna do the worm in, <laughs> in a diaper? Yep. You uh-huh. figured it out. You cracked the code. <laughs> this is why I'm too smart for this fucking uh, genre. <laughs> this one ends with another of those stacked suplexes that, that succeeds, except Jeff uses that opportunity to hit another senton bomb, and there's a double cover by the Hardys to win. Score at home now. Edge and Christian 2, Hardys 1. Uh, are we going to talk about the small little segment at the very end in, in your timestamps. You can, I don't have any notes on it. I don't know what you're referring to. uh, This is where Val Venus is standing in front of the mirror in full boogie nights, uh, final scene and just pulls the rock sock uh, Rocco out of his pants and is just admiring it in his hands through his pants. 
very similar to Mark Wahlberg. Well, we'll get closer on that story next week in our No Mercy episode. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but then we're going to have to go back and uh, our Valvinus deep dive after that, which we're going to check out every <laughs> single <laughs> Just no British Bulldog. Just no British Bulldog. Though. That's all. Although I, I, I do have to, to, uh, to talk about the fact that we got an amazing thing today, and I want to shout out Joel Wyant, who is apparently our regist- our resident um, Photoshopper, who in the last episode that was released, the Rebellion episode, I asked if we could get british bulldog morphing into a bulldogs on an animorphs cover and by god did he deliver incredible it's awesome. truly incredible it's awesome. i, I want to blow it up and frame it in my salon <laughs> yeah i you know what maybe i'll just write the book let's uh <laughs> let's make that animorph wow yes yes that yes <laughs> so then we go to the october 11th episode of raw Terry walks backstage where it is apparently very cold. Um, they must grease up the wrestlers, but Terry goes in the walk-in before she's able to go on stage. Oh, yeah. It's like it's baby oil for the boys and ice for the ladies. And then, again, just just, just more good here. Um, we got that moonsault uh, from the top by Matt to Edge, and then just everybody doing their aerial moves outside. Okay, if I skip um, to the finish on this one? Well, actually, I wanted to ask, so Bobby, can you describe what that corner um, that corner move was that we that I was alluding to? Wait, describe describe it in your, again. Let me see, but I'm trying so, to remember now. now it's all, it's, it starts to blur together, especially this one, because like Aaron said, it was like spot, 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 spot. Yeah, this one goes really quickly. Um, this was... Jeff is out, is outside the ropes um on the uh, on the uh, the, apron. the curtain apron, apron. that's it mm-hmm. oh my god the hardest part of the ring how did i forget so uh so Jeff is on the apron he jumps over the apron uh, he jumps over the ropes and then bounces on the top rope yeah and does some kind of move onto Christian i don't know i i it was yep. like a it was like a an acai... load over DDT or something. Oh, I thought it was like a moonsault, like a like a twisting, like a corkscrew moonsault almost. And it was it I'm went fast, and I yeah. don't remember. So you, so it could be. I'm not sure. Mm, I'm not sure now because it, it, it depends on how he landed and things like that. Because I can see it in my mind, but now I'm like forgetting how the impact was. So sorry. All I know that. is it was super super cool. All of these were. I was just like so in such like I I, I know it gets a little young bucksy, uh, where they yes, also like that's take, the first thing I thought. Well, that's I mean like this is the, the young bucks were were like little fetuses watching this and like this is the inspiration <laughs> that like made them they were they, yeah. makes them who they are. They were young bucks, you say? They were younger bucks. <laughs> they were even younger bucks, uh, watching this. But yeah, and I don't even mind because like it does kind of break the illusion when they're sort of like taking turns, like running inside the ring, like. Like, it's the line of the slide at the playground. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone, like, runs in and goes down and then runs up again and stares. Uh, so that's what it kind of reminds me of. But it doesn't matter because it's just so beautiful to watch, like, these, like, grown little muscle babies throw themselves at each other. <laughs> By the way, younger bucks would be the young foals. <laughs> Point of order. Um, the, you, uh, 
Bobby, you you bring up a really good point, which is uh, a lot of this in the in this particular match looked very you know it's it's kind of choreographed, right? You can tell it's choreographed yeah. because they're doing so much. But one thing I wanted to point out from the last match uh, that I forgot to was I thought there was a really it was a really cool little touch when um, I think it was it was the tor- the tornado match, and I think. Uh, Christian and Edge had they had um, Matt and Jeff in the corners, and at one point Edge turns around while while his Hardy Boy is in the corner and and yells out Christian, and then he gets down on his knees, and then they do the poetry in motion, and I was like, you know, very nice little touch, you know, like they made he made it look like it was something that they like. You know that he that occurred to him in the moment, and I was like, really, I was into it. Oh yeah, that's cool. Um, that's a really good touch. Very um, Wolverine fastball special. Yeah. Yes. 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 By the way, I've gotten to that part in my rereading of X Men, and holy shit, I am in for the ride. It is great. <laughs> Save it Man, for. Uh, I want to go back and read X Men. Save it for Hell in a Health or Hellfire in a Cell. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Hellfire Ooh, Club a good in a cell phone. There it is. Hellfire in a Colossus. Hellfire in a Cellfire. <laughs> All right. Well, this one ends with a double DQ, which is fucking fine with me. Fight forever, boys. Indeed, I yeah. agree. So we go to the October fourteenth episode of SmackDown, where Terry is having a photo shoot. With a whole lot of money. Is it a whole lot of money? Because what, There was like what, at least a couple 50s. Why not have all hundreds? Yeah, I was like, what is... How many... Yeah, exactly. I mean, what denominations are we dealing with here? And the the dollars... The, the bills that were affixed to her breasts were... I mean, insane. It's like they look like they were made. They were made out of stained glass, and they were fixed <laughs> with a pop with, with epoxy. Like it didn't <laughs> like like it just looked so kind of like it looked like bad clip art. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yes. you were looking at, and you're like, there should be a tatter or like a shadow or a fold. And it was like, nope, just like dead on, flat as hell, no light reflecting. It was like, did someone Photoshop this onto this? Like it looked bizarre. <laughs> Biz- like like it was cell animation. Yes, I agree. My uh, my thought process while all of this was happening is that probably nobody asked Terry to do a photo shoot that she brought the money <laughs> and the photographers. It's just like, nope, this is what I'm doing now. By also, the way, the pri- the prize is going to be like it's going to be like uh, nine uh, ninety eight thousand because she had to spend two thousand for the photo shoot. Well, also because two at least two hundred are glued to her nipples still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she can't get it day. off. It's not legal tender. Yeah. Here's my question: In all seriousness, what were these photos for? Because <laughs> we're watching. Was there a print campaign or a billboard? It's... Like, <laughs> what if the it's... tournament ended on this night? Like, what were these photos for? It's Listen, like when, she's it's never like when... she, she's never had an invitational. She needed she what well, you know this is she's living her moment. She's like you know living living it up. It's like when Miss Piggy has to delay her entry to or her her trip to the farmhouse because she has to do a photo shoot. Teensy weensy little photo shoot. Um, truly, though, guys, what is seriously, it, is it like... if you haven't watched Muppet Family Christmas yet, <laughs> do it. You need You're it. Out. Wait the the Piggy Invitational Tournament. <laughs> oh my the god. Pit? 
Yes. <laughs> you guys have to also, listeners, once you do watch it, you'll understand like a whole new level of this podcast, like three quarters of the jokes. Uh, That's what we I call loved... small talk. Uh, <laughs> this is like the when like pregnancy photo shoots. You know what I mean? Like when someone's mm-hmm. just like, I'm, just doing, <laughs> I'm gonna hang it to like mark the occasion. You know, it's her first time holding a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, does it count as holding it? The like this? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, her nipples are holding the at least two hundred dollars. I've never worn two hundred dollars. <laughs> By the way, this is a a very far cry. Uh, from, uh, from Mar, uh, oh God, Mar, Marlena, Marlena, the cigar smoking, like Dom, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, there is like, no very, subtlety. Very, very different. Yeah. Very different energy. Yeah. Here. She's finally sexy, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Uh, so then we go backstage where the new brood and Gangrel attack Edge and Christian, who are watching a monitor backstage, which gave me the pause thinking about the monitor that um, Terry was looking at in the last episode. How many monitors do you think they have backstage? And are they just constantly, like, is there one for every wrestler or group of wrestlers? (laughs) And why do they set them up in the hallway? (laughs) They're like, here, (laughs) let's plug this monitor in on top of this this pile of crates. It's like, okay. Well, actually, the the Hardy Boys are still young enough that they still get substitute teachers, and so they just they roll out the AV cart, and they just they're like, "Here, why don't you go watch? Uh, there's a there's a photo shoot happening in the other room." So the match starts, and then I had to giggle to myself because the Chiron, when uh, the Hardys came out, said "Brood," no new, no the, just brood. Yep. Yep. It was. It's like how they, you know, they were done with new Coke. It's back to just Coke. And then Edge, I feel like, was paying homage to back when he was the fighting hobo because I think his jacket was made out of old trash bags. <laughs> <laughs> but again, just another great match. Though I did mark this as my least favorite of the three. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any notes really. Uh, this is when I realized how, how great Jeff was in failure, so and I already used that, so we can move on. Um, uh, I will say though I will say though that uh it it is not lost on me that both of the broods wins are somewhat caught up in shenanigans, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah. yeah. So it's like it, it, which is like, you know, I know that the that the brood is supposed to be the heel of this, but they don't feel like the heel to me. Uh, and it's well, like, I don't know. It, it, they feel pretty evenly matched, even though the way that, that Edge and Christian are losing is kind of on weird technicalities and stuff. Well, think about, um, think about Sami Zayn. And, and we've seen now that Sami Zayn has been on a long heel run. And throughout his heel run, there I read a great article. I, I will attribute it to the author once I find it. Talking about the diminishing moveset of Sami Zayn as he's become a heel. Um, because mm-hmm. high flyers are, not, are usually baby faces because we get so excited bringing it up. And there, so there's definitely something incongruous there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, 
uh, it is, you know, we talk about Jericho being a, a high-flying heel. Um, I think the Hardy Boys are in that same vein. Uh, this is from the article. Check it out, guys. It's on The Ringer. It's called Sami Zayn's Vanishing Moveset or To Resist Despair is What It Means to Be Free by J.J. McGee. came out this past September. But this one ends with um, a double cover, uh, but the Hardys were the uh, were the legal ones, so they get the win. And then we get a reminder that we're getting the New Age Outlaws versus the Rock and Sock Connection that same night. Yeah, very different tag team uh, matches, right? Mm-hmm. Like, talk about, uh, you know... One really delivering as a tag team match, and the other one just, you know, it's more just about the personalities than it is about the moves. 100%. So usually in these deep dives, that would be it. We rarely get to see the payoff of these feuds as they go on. However, for this one, we decided that this just was not enough. So we go to the No Mercy pay-per-view, where Terry is showing the king how to use a ladder. This is um, some real uh, Porky's shit right now. I think the most important thing that we all need to acknowledge is the fact that Terry has apparently skinned a gray wolf and made a shawl out of it. I fucking love it. I think it's uh, she, you know, she looks like she um, she fell asleep like by a roaring fire, but she pulled the bearskin rug on top of her instead of laying on it. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like this is like a very classic 90s hot sort of vibe. This is like very of the moment. Like I'm watching this scene and I'm looking around expecting Matthew Lillard to be somewhere nearby. <laughs> like it's just extremely 90s in that way. Wait a second. Is that Shasta McNasty under that ladder? <laughs> exactly. I can just say it for the rest of this podcast and get a laugh every time. Well, don't worry, Aaron. We'll be re-watching this moment in time with these Shasta McNasty promos for another three weeks. Guys, let's just fucking watch Shasta McNasty. I'm, I'm into it. I we'll watch give, G give, versus E and Shasta McNasty. I would 100% watch the pilot of Shasta McNasty. Uh, it's probably really terrible, huh? I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this segment is really it, – it's mostly just a showcase of, of Terry and then the, the gag as she's climbing the ladder and, and Jerry Lawler's looking up her skirt and everything is sort of a double entendre or just like a, a, a Freudian An slip. entendre. Yeah, <laughs> a single entendre. Um, I liked when Jerry Lawler said for no reason, like uh, the ladder to success except, except he said the ladder to sex ed. And I was like, wait a minute. What do you think's going to happen? <laughs> well, you see, King, this is where the fallopian tubes are. Yeah, that's what he was expecting. Like, okay, well, everybody line up and put a condom on this banana. I was going to say the ladder the ladder pulls out a banana and a condom is like, do you guys know how to use this? <laughs> I'm not just like a normal ladder. I'm a cool ladder. The ladder turns around the chair and just stands over it. And again, we don't usually um, we don't usually cover the pay-per-view stuff on these deep dives. Bobby texted me this morning, just so excited to watch this match. So we have just watched this match now live together, the three of us, and you are getting our immediate, fresh reactions on it. And I think mine is, huh? 
mine is I immediately want to go back and watch it again. It did. It, mm-hmm. it lived up to all of the hype. I mean, this match, these guys got back at, after this match behind the curtain and got a standing ovation in Gorilla. The match was replaying the next day at Raw in catering, and they got a standing ovation again uh, in <laughs> oh, catering mm. the next day. Um, Vince McMahon came mm. up to them in Gorilla this night after the match and said it was like fucking incredible, like nothing he's ever seen. I mean, this is one of those incredibly definitive moments you can point to of like the proverbial brass ring and all that stuff. Like same thing, like like the Becky Lynch moment with the chair, where you just like know you were watching a star mm-hmm. be born. Yeah, um, no, and these are is, four stars. Four this stars. A, this is a sea change to how um or what what could be possible in not just tag team wrestling, but in wrestling period. Yeah, I wish I could like I wish I could pull a clip and just like own it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> just like have something where I can just be like, let me, you know, like when I want to remember how, like what I love about wrestling, let me just pull that and and like put it on. You know what well, I mean? Cuz it's oh, like well, I, I thought you wanted like a low price of 9.99 a month, you can do just that and pull up this clip anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I have to like know where it is and go find it. I guess I have our podcast to help us. You got to close I, all your really intensive tabs. I, I thought that I uh hate that shit. I thought you were saying you wish that you had like a, an epochal moment like this in your own like your own repertoire and and i was going to say eric don't forget about the haka rant that everyone keeps talking about that's true the people love the haka rant oh they man have spoken all right talk, let's talk about some spots here i oh mean my god that leapfrog over the ladder into the leg drop from jeff yeah. onto yes. onto uh, amazing amazing that that was yes. one of my favorites yeah i think sure. that's the moment where you're like oh shit this is something different yes um that but then like they they you know what they this is an amazing uh i guess clinic in heightening because they had the leapfrog moment and then i think after that they had that like that um that seesaw moment with the ladder right which is like amazing not what you like you're like oh they're gonna do the uh stacked up superplex into the into the ladder on top of the ladder and then that gets broken up and you're like, why is why is Jeff Hardy getting up when nobody when there's nobody to land on? And then you're like, oh my god, as like when he lands on the end of the ladder and it and it pops up and hits both Matt and was it Christian or Edge? Uh, but but story wise, just that that willingness to even put your partner in harm's way, you are that focused on winning. Yeah. And I and, love and and doing a move that is like that seems to me like you know looks like it could backfire really easily. I even loved you know the ladder clothesline is such like a, a trope, and I love like the twist they put on it with Christian doing the cross body block from the top of the top rope like onto the ladder being carried by Jeff and Matt as like Edge ducked under it. That was I liked that little turn. Uh, mm. I liked I liked. Uh, Matt doing moonsaults onto the ladder on top of someone. Uh, well, again, just like risking their own bodies throughout. I mean, like yeah. it's just incredible. This match is like they really left it all out there, and this is like obviously universally beloved as just like an incredible star-making match for all four guys. Except fucking. Uh, I mean, fucking Meltzer gave it like a, a four point seven three or whatever. Well, yeah. Meltzer is the pitchfork, I guess. Of uh... <laughs> oh, absolutely. But that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good score. I mean, like no, they but don't... this is a this is a five star match right here. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I can yeah, imagine. You know, I can imagine at the time though, digging it because they were such kind of undercard guys, and the framework is just essentially like Terry's having a tournament that she made the rules for. So I don't know. I guess I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I I I guess maybe I, I don't know. I'm being a Meltzer apologist. <laughs> um. By the way, even a hip toss, even like a. Uh, a hum- the humble hip toss off of a ladder was amazing. <laughs> I love the humble hip toss. And, and, and agreed. Agreed. Fantastic. But if we want to talk about the overarching story again here, Gangrel getting kicked out of the arena at the beginning of it, getting cucked by the referee. Yeah, you just know that like the Hardy Boys and Terry are like drinking champagne and Tim White's like shaking his head at Gangrel in the corner. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> None for you. You've been a bad vampire. I really I really thought that Edge and Christian were gonna win this. I I I didn't think that they were gonna like unseat, you know, Gangrel. Uh I, does Gangrel go away? Yeah, he walks We're off with the sad to. music from the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> but yeah, this is, I mean, legendarily good, and it's certainly not the last time we're going to see them. And some might say this is this isn't even their best match. That's what's so incredible. We still have this isn't even you know may not even be the pinnacle. Oh no, definitely not. There's so I'm much more to come in particular. Yeah. but this honestly, what's so funny, Eric, is like. Uh, in all the research doing this, everyone was saying, like, wow, what an underrated match this is. So imagine what's to come. Because when people talk Jesus about the Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it it really is incredible. The Hardys Sorry. have, like, a match with the Dudleys that's supposed to be good, right? Yes. Sever- I mean, there's several okay. many permutations of, of, the, of these teams that are going to give us great matches for a while. We have a lot to look forward yeah. to. And we'll get to that eventually. But in the meantime, love us, disagree, want to... Seesaw a ladder into our fucking faces. Humbly toss us off the top of a ladder over your hip. Let us know. Email us at HelenaCellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at HelenaCellPod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Midst by Disco Vietnam and our artist by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week for the rest of No Mercy 1999.